this has just been so, well, what, what can I say? Good, great, wonderful, glorious, tremendous. I've looked around here this morning and I've seen tear-streaked faces and smiles from ear to ear. And it just occurred to me there isn't anything in the world that puts people together like shedding a few tears and laughing together. And we've had it all, haven't we? I said to my husband before we came, we've been praying. Uh, we've never done anything like this, but we've had a few Bible conferences and in a, something that small of a scale, we work hard at it. And you get jitters and nerves and you think things aren't going to jail and they're not going to go together right, you know, this type of thing. And sometimes it always occurs to me, nobody will come. You know, there just won't be anybody come. And so we've been praying for Sister Tinny. And uh, I said to, one day I said, you know, Verge, if she can do this, if Sister Tinny can do this, she can be governor of the state. <laughs> and then... I'm going to say to you, when she goes to Paris, let's go with her. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, it is a beautiful thing how the Lord does everything, and he does it right. I am, I, when the topic was given to me, noble women, from chapters 12 through 16 of Romans. I'd have to tell you, I've walked through these chapters. <laughs> I've looked at them. I've, I've read them in every translation we've got in our library. I've gone to every commentary. I've got enough Bible lessons laid up from these chapters in the book of Romans that watch out, you girls, when we get home, we're going to know Romans. <laughs> This part of it we're going to know. But I almost worried Virgil to death. You know, how you do. There's nobody in the world you can talk to like that maybe but your husband, I guess. At least it's that way with me. And I'd say, what in the world am I going to do? What am I going to do? I just can't really get a hold of it. I'd call Sister Rich a couple of times and I'd say, I think this is what I plan to say. I really don't know. But two days before we were... We were uh, making our trip up here. Uh, must have been a Tuesday morning. Now, sometimes when I pray, I, I pray different maybe than a lot of other people, and I don't always pray the same. But a lot of times when I can, I get up very, very early when the sun's coming up, and I go for a walk. Hardly anybody's up at that time of the day, so I just walk. And I pray, and I talk to the Lord, and if anybody was around, they'd probably wonder what in the world I'm doing. Uh, because I talk to the Lord. I don't, you know, I just really talk to him because I think he hears me when I talk. And you'd be surprised sometimes some of the things he says back to me. There's been a couple of times on my walks he'd say something to me that I'd quit and go to the house. <laughs> I, you know, I had to think about it a little bit after what he'd had to say, so... While I was walking, the Lord just brought 
the first verse of the 16th chapter to my mind all over again. After, after I had looked at this noble woman, I had looked at her from every aspect. I had looked at her with all of her love attributes. I had looked at her with her, um, her peacefulness. I even thought I would talk a little bit about being peacemakers. You know, not the kind that goes around settling quarrels, but just the kind that is so full of peace that everybody that's around you becomes peaceful. I like peaceful fe feelings around people, to feel peaceful. And I thought I would talk about a lot of different things, but when the Lord brought this scripture to my mind again, this was the only one I could really, really, really reach out and get a hold of. And he just simply said this. He said to the church in Rome that he was writing the letter to, and evidently this woman was going to carry the letter for him, he just simply said this, I commend unto you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant. And I went to the house, and I got my Bible, and I got it started all over again. You ought to have seen the junk I wrote. I mean, I've really got bunches of it. And I started all over again, looking at this woman from this viewpoint, that of a servant. And if anybody knows how to be a, a servant, it is a woman. We were made, second, to serve. We were made as a helpmeet to man to begin with. It's easy for a woman to be pliable because she's been taught this all of her life. But I really wrestled a little bit. I said, now, Lord, we all know that. And you're all servants. The ladies in my church serve me all the time. Sometimes I want to go around and kiss their hands. I want to go around and do things for them because um, they're just always doing things to serve me. There's one of them that's sitting back yonder today that just real often I get a little note from her, maybe a poem, maybe a card, maybe a little gift. She just knows when it needs I, I don't really, I guess the Lord, you know, a servant is moved by the spirit of being a servant. She just knows when to do it. I thought, Lord, they really do know all about being a servant. But you see, there's nothing glamorous about being a servant. Most of the time, your labors go unnoticed and unappreciated. And a lot of times, you can even feel used and and bypassed, and as if nobody in the world knows that you're doing anything. And so you really would like to do something that would shine. You know, you'd really like to do something that you'd feel like was doing something, not just serving, not just doing, not just laboring. There's not much, okay, I looked up the word noble. It means highborn. It means possessing dignity. It means of excellent qualities. Now that sounds great, 
But when I say serving, that sounds lowly, humiliating, without dignity. But is it? If you can think of who you are aligned with, if you can really and truly be a servant. Paul made the statement. He said, I am a servant. Many, many, many times through the books that he wrote. I am your servant. I am a bond servant. I couldn't get out of it if I wanted to because I am bound in this capacity. I am your servant. That sounds lowly. But when I think of Paul, I think of a man that when he, his last few hours in that little dungeon room in Rome, wrote the words to Timothy, and he said, Now, Timothy, I'm now ready to be offered. I am ready to be offered. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown, a crown of righteousness, not to me only, but to all of them that love his appearing. I think of that. I don't think of the things that were menial, that were lowly. I really don't ever stop to think of the, of the tents that he helped to make in order to make him able to preach the gospel. I don't think often of the weariness of his body, and I should. I think only of the glory. But the glory did not come until the end. Paul's life was not a glorious one if you looked at it from the physical. And yet Paul said, all that I could have had that would have been beautiful and glorious and luxurious and with honor, I count all of that as but dung or waste for what I have received in the place of it because I am indeed a servant. A servant. I am a servant. And then you can't go any higher than the Lord Jesus Christ. And he looked at his disciples and he said, I did not come to be served but I came to serve. He told him a little parable one time. He said, now, if you had a servant, a slave, and when you come in from what you're doing, you don't, you don't say to your servant or your slave, now, you sit down and let me feed you and wash your feet and do this type of thing for you. He said, no, the first thing you say is bring me a change of clothes and fix my meal and get everything ready for my comfort. And then after you have taking care of my comfort, then you may eat and drink and take care of your own needs. And he said, so it is with a servant. So it is with a servant. And that doesn't sound easy. There are many times, I suppose, all of us have felt really kind of tired of being servants. My daughter's here today, and she's a regular slave to a little two-year-old girl. I mean, she's a regular slave tell you the honest truth, I am too. <laughs> All that little thing's got to do is say, Mom, Mom, I need, I want, can, may I, will you? And guess who runs double time to see that it gets done? I've got a little grandson that doesn't even talk. All he does is grunt <laughs> down in Florida. And all the world I've got to do is pick him up and he knows just what to do with me. Wherever he wants to go, he just pushes my face. 
we go. I'm a regular slave. I really am. But uh, I'm not crying about it. I'm not crying about it. There is a great, beautiful feeling that goes with this. There's a great, beautiful feeling that goes with this. A story that I heard from the end of World War II sort of tells it a little bit. The war was just over. Europe was in a shambles. London was trying to put itself back together from the repeated bombings. Homes destroyed, homeless children, poverty, extreme poverty everywhere. And a, an American GI driving down the streets in his hurry with everything to get done looked at a bakery and standing with his nose pressed flat against the glass windows of the bakery was a little eight-year-old boy. And uh, as he looked, the little boy was just drooling at what he could see taking place inside the bakery. Uh, they brought the fresh donuts out placed them carefully on the trays and put them there in the window to be seen. And the little boy just looked at him and drooled. And the American GI, because it was characteristic of the American boys, it seemed to be to do this during those times and still is, God bless our beautiful country. God bless that spirit of sharing and of giving that envelops our nation. I don't ever want to lose it, do you? for El Salvador or anywhere else in the world. But this American GI parked his Jeep and walked over and said to the little boy, said, son, would you like to have some of those? And the little boy said, oh, yes. And he said, the American walk, just walked into the bakery and said, give me a dozen of those. Hot, fragrant, they were dropped into the little bag. And he walked outside, handed them to the little boy, and he said, here you are, son. And the little boy opened them and looked inside. I don't really know what little Londoners say, but if it had been America, he said, oh, gee. <laughs> anyway, he looked at it, and I'm, I'm sure the same kind of expression, while the GI walked back to his Jeep. But he heard the pattering of feet right behind him, and the little fellow reached out and got him by the arm, and he said, hey, mister. Hey, mister. And he turned around and he said, yes, son. He said, mister, are you God? <laughs> and that American GI went home to always remember how good it felt to give. To give. It's a good feeling to give. It's a good feeling to give. It's a rich feeling to give. You're, it, this is what indeed makes you rich. And I know I must hurry. There's a beautiful woman to follow me with many, many things to say. I just want to tell you that you're in the greatest company of all when you're in the company, when you take the role of a servant, of that one that gives. With the Lord Jesus Christ that told the story of the Good Samaritan, that so many times touching the leper that longed for the feel of a human hand, that looked at a woman that was taken in the act of adultery that could not lift her head in decent company and said, woman, neither do I condemn thee, but go and sin no more. You are in the company of, 
And there are so many, many, many ways that you can minister. Oh, I'd love to go into all of them today. It's all around you, not just your brothers and sisters in the church. My husband, I suppose, has one of the greatest hearts of a servant of anybody in the world that I know. I look at him sometimes and marvel where it all comes from, this being able to serve. I try to serve him, but honestly, he serves me more than I do him. He knows when I need something so much. And I have had him get up in the night and wake me and tell me something that he felt like that would help my day that was to follow. I want you to know I deeply appreciate his ministering to me, his serving me. I try to serve him, I really do. I really do, I, I want to be a servant. Sometimes it's easy to pass up. The other day I was rushing, running, had an appointment in about 20 minutes, passing the A&P store, and I thought, I've got 20 minutes, I'll run in here right quick, run through there and grab what I've got to get and stick it in the car, and I won't have that to do when this is over. And uh, running through there, was pouring down rain, you know, running through, just pushing my cart, like I have a habit of doing, you know. If you've, any of you from home have ever seen me, you know, that's just exactly how I run through the grocery store. I resent the time that has to be spent in this capacity, you know, anything that takes my time. Well, anyway, I saw a lady whose face looked familiar. Well, I always speak to everybody in Bogalusa. This, you know, we do this in small places. You know, we speak to everybody. That way, if you don't happen to know them, they don't know the difference. I saw this lady and her face looked familiar, and I said, hi, nice day today. And she looked at me, and she said, uh, I said, well, at least it's not snowing like it is in Minnesota. And uh, you forgive me, Mary, but, you know, we're kind of glad we don't have the two foot of snow from October to June. And uh, so when I got outside, I just, she, you know, that was all a new and newer. When I got outside, I wasn't even noticing, was hurrying to the trunk of the car with my groceries, didn't have a scarf from my head, and it was raining. My hair's curly, and when it gets wet, it just kinks horrible, you know. So I wanted to hurry up and get to the car, and I heard her voice, and she said, Are you Sister Co are you Brother Cox's wife? I said, Oh, yes. I said, You know you're going to have to help me. I know you, but for the life of me, I can't think of your name right now. And when she told me, all at once, this something just came out of me. Uh, the woman has had a life that's been filled with tragedies. Tragedies. Just the last year or two, my husband preached her husband's funeral. Very tragic thing, her ex-husband's funeral. He preached a daughter's funeral. We have been with her. She's not a member of our church, not Pentecostal at all, but she's a woman. And uh, when I s realized who she was, my heart just somehow, and I walked over to her, and I just got her by the hands, and I held both of them. I didn't know what to say. Sometimes the people in, my ch in our church, they say to me, how do you know what to say to people? I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I, I Sometimes after I say what I've said, when I go get away from the people, I think, oh, why did I say that? Why didn't I think of something nice to say? You know, good, big, smart, you know. <laughs> but I, I don't. I just say. And, but I, we stood there, and I talked, and then she talked, and then I talked, and then she talked. 
and the rain dripped in my hair and run down on my nose and dripped on my clothes and my grocery bags got wet. I didn't really care because it felt so good. It felt so good just to reach a hand to a woman who had suffered. And she, when I started to leave, she must have said to me three times, and I knew what she meant, tell Brother Cox I said, hello. I knew she was saying, tell him to pray. Tell him to pray. I knew what she was saying, and I said, oh, yes, we are. Oh, we're, we think of you. We're praying for you. We're, you know, and the Lord is with you. Tears streaming down her cheeks and mine, too. Oh, it felt so good. I'll tell you, it felt a whole lot better than I'm feeling now. <laughs> felt good. It felt good. It felt good. Being a servant is a blessed thing. It's a blessed thing. Another thing that happened to me that just sort of fit in with this, I, once in a while, I sell a little real estate. I tried to. I did it really because so I could meet a lot of people that I didn't have an opportunity to meet any other way, and I sure am meeting them. Not selling many houses, but I'm sure getting acquainted with a lot of people, and that was my idea. A woman had come in, and we had, she had signed her papers on her house. If I were to describe her to you, it would probably turn you off. She was not at all, I mean, if, if she would be at the very end of the totem pole. Her language was coarse and vulgar. Her actions and her attitude. And I even felt a little embarrassed for the people that were trying to move out of her house. I had to try to be the buffer between she and them because she was insulting and abrasive. And, um, you know, but the next day I picked up the paper and I read an a, a tragic thing that her son, 19-year-old son, had been killed in a car wreck. Two years ago, her husband was shot dead in a horrible accident, drunk. And uh, I knew all of these things, so I just got dressed. I said, Verge, would you go with me? I'm going to run up to the funeral home and just see this woman. And he said, sure. And when we went in and looked at her, I forgot all about her vulgar language. I forgot about all everything else. And I saw a mother whose 19-year-old boy was laying in a casket. I even said to Verge when we stood and looked at him, I don't know if I could stand this if this was my son or my daughter. And that's the way I felt. And when I walked over to her without even thinking, and I'm, I didn't do, I'm, I don't do anything all of you don't do a hundred times over, and I know this, except please don't think you're not doing anything for God. The only way in the world you can put your arms around the Lord Jesus is to put them around an, an aching, sorrowing, hurting all that you meet on the street or somewhere in this wide world and so when I put my arms around her I don't know if she had ever hugged anybody's neck in this manner before but she just reached out and gripped me and would hardly let me go and then she said Miss Ruby would you pray for me 
I felt so good. I felt so good. Hallelujah. I would rather Paul would write of me if he could. There is a woman by the name of Ruby. She's really never accomplished much that could be written about in papers. She's really never done anything. that She really doesn't have anything much to do with, but she is a servant of the church. A servant of the church. Hallelujah. Because I read about this woman, this beautiful woman, that all of you here today compose this beautiful woman that the scripture says in the book of Revelation, and I, John, saw that holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Hallelujah. You see, this is not the end of it, girls. You may never, you may do and do and do and do and work and work and work and nobody ever pats you on the back. Nobody ever give you any recognition. Not the pastor, not the pastor's wife, not the general superintendent, nor his wife, nor the district superintendent and his wife, not even your social, your sectional leaders. But if God knows it, there is coming a day, a day when she shall come adorned, beautiful, her role of a servant laid down, and now she reigns with him forever. But the servant must come first. Oh, I want to serve him. I want to serve him. And I want to serve you because I can only serve him by serving you. I love you all. Even though skin worms destroy this flesh, I know that I shall see him. Agnes Rich, my sister and pastor of Grand Island, Nebraska, a noble woman. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. You'll never know what these services have meant to me. My family has encouraged me to stay in the room as much as I could, and yesterday I had to for a little while. But I have made every effort that I could to be in these. I want to soak it all up. It has been so good. I'm so thankful that I'm here with you. I'm so thankful for it. I have been asked to share some more of our experiences, and uh, I come to you today to do that. Dad, I had to have you up here today. 
My dad has been a tower of strength to me. And I appreciate him so very much. But life as a child under mother and dad was such a strength. And I have found myself looking back on their lives so many times in these last few years. I'm glad I've still got him with me. Glad that Mom Eunice is with us. I've learned to love her very much. She means a lot to me. You have a beautiful lady to lead you here. Praise the Lord. And I believe that more of her work is ahead of her than is behind her. I told her just the other night, see that you've started something that there won't be an end to now. Praise the Lord. How beautiful to have a group of women together like this. So nice and sweet of Brother Kenny to allow us to be together. Praise the Lord. I thank God for it. I have quite a bit of trouble with dryness of the mouth because of medications that I'm on, so you may find me sipping at that water quite often. Last year when I came to you, I titled my thoughts, Strength for the Battle. And I ended that by telling you that God had promised me that he would give me the strength that I needed in the time that I needed it. And he has been just exactly that to me. Many times as I would start to go, my strength had ebbed completely. And just as I would need it, God gave me the strength for that task that I would be facing. I cannot ask for more yet, but I believe in God's own time, he's going to complete the work. I believe it with all of my heart. I don't know why that he chose that in the midst of this battle, I had to be weak, but he warned me of it, and he also told me that he would be my strength. Thank God, thank God. I thank God for it. I'm just as glad today to report to you that I still have confidence in God. I believe that he's going to see us through. I believe that we've got some victories ahead. And I'm looking forward to them. I want to say that I appreciate so very much all of the calls and the letters that you have brought our way. I have shared them with the church. I've shared them with the school. So many schools have wrote us. So many students have wrote our students, encouraged them, 
many scriptures that have been given to us and we have shared them. This, If there ever was a year that I have lived in the Word, it's been this year. It has been our strength. It's been our power. I thank you for your prayers. It is through those that we are able to keep going. We had, I think, one of the greatest times of hope that came just shortly after this. It was there during the early part of the year. The governor appointed a task force. Bob Spire was the head of it. They came out with everything that we had thought. I mean everything. They had come out and they had said, these Christians should not be persecuted this way. They should be allowed to have their schools and the state should leave them totally alone. The state should be satisfied with just testing of the students. We were elated. I called Sister Tenney. I called people all over the country. I called Brother Ershon. I believe we've got our answer. I believe it's here. And would you believe that our hopes were dashed? That was the governor's panel. That legislation, when the bill came up that embraced everything that they said, supported by the governor, he had made his rounds to them. The churches that are involved had all said, this we can go for. Many other churches had called. The mainline churches of the states, your Lutherans and Catholics and all of those had had a press conference that said, we highly endorse this. And they voted it down. You talk about hopes dashed. If I ever cried out, God, why? Why did this happen? I did then. I went home so broken, so disappointed, so discouraged. But I had a letter when I got there from a little woman in Alexandra. Linda Smith, and in that letter she told me that God had laid me on her heart, not once but twice, and that she had been praying and fasting for me. I gained strength from it. I went then and opened my Bible, and it opened to the book of Luke. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what happened with that scripture. The next day, I, after praying, I, I was having to go right back to Lincoln again. And... Uh, after praying, I opened my Bible and it fell right to this again. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. I thought it a little strange that it had opened right back up to it, but yet, you know, sometimes your Bible will. 
And so I thought, now, Lord, if this is a confirmation to me, I'm going to go in and I'm going to pick another Bible up. And I'm going to just see what happens. I picked another Bible open and it fell to the same scripture. the Lord and I felt so good about it I said well I got another Bible <laughs> so I went and I dug down into a drawer where I knew that Bible was it hadn't been opened in a long time and I said all right I'm going to just do it this way and would you believe it fell open to the same scripture <laughs> I took this little Bible with me, and Dr. Rex Fuller from CLA was there when I got there. And I said, Rex, I want to show you something. And I told him what had happened. Let me tell you something. God is going to perform his word. He's going to perform it. It's been a walk by faith. It's been a walk by faith. But I'll tell you, it's been a good one. Another scripture that I've stood on so much this year. Then he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destructions. The stake is literally destroying us financially. We haven't time to work like we want to. But God's going to deliver us. God's going to deliver us. He sent his word. I'm depending on it. It hasn't been angels that I've depended on this year. But it's the word. It's the word. Pray for us. We are in the midst of a terrible battle. They have just passed a law since I came back, or the bill, 928. That gives the Board of Education and the Commissioner of Education the complete right to write any rule that they want to to govern our schools. Some of our legislators believe that they will be easy. It's hard for me to believe that. But I do know this. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. God bless you. Pray for us. Hold us up in Jesus. We need it now. Your prayers mean more to us than you'll ever know. May God bless you. He's got it all in control. God's got it all in control. Way down in 
to know that Madison Avenue way of doing things up big, upbeat would have been better to have had her talked about the angels last year and waited till God finished it and come back and we'd shout over it. But I have sat where many of you sit in meetings where you have heard such miraculous testimonies and seen movings of God. But it wasn't that season for me at that time. I always know that God's got it in control and there is a trust and a peace but you still have to experience the getting to it so I just decided we needed to go through this whole thing but believe me he's got it all in control he has hallelujah thank you Agnes thank you for opening your heart she didn't tell you what happened on that cold October day when I was sitting there on the front row in that courtroom I have one seat that's mine I've been there a number of times in it and uh, they read that charge it was very abrupt very cold very much to the point and of course there were many of us that were weeping you can't imagine how that feels and there she sat she was very sick very sick and I was one of the first ones to get to her. And I have to confess that my own feet of clay took over for a moment. I'm just as human as you are. I'm not perfect, but I'm on my way. <laughs> he always shows up on this platform in time to say that. I met the district assistant. <laughs> the assistant DA and by the way the assistant DA quit his job because he said I'll have nothing more to do with this but I met him that way I, I was trying to get to her because she was weeping and I knew how, how weak she was she was literally trembling from just physical weakness and he stopped me and he hadn't ought to and I, I, I really, I confess this, and I have repented. I have repented. He said, do you think she's going to be okay? I said, well, how would I know? And I said, I'm sorry, ladies. I know y'all thought I was better than that, but <laughs> I said it. And I have repented. It was wrong. But it, what happened is, by that time, I was within two steps of her. And I got there just as Judge DeBaker reached her. And he's a little short fella, and he walks very brisk. And I think he really just kind of intended to just speak and pass. She reached out, and she caught him by the hand. Tears were streaming. She patted his hand, and she said, Bless you, Judge. And if you could have felt and seen the moment on that judge's face at that moment, 
Christianity is really living and reacting and acting as Jesus would, who being reviled, he reviled not, and being hurt, he hurt not. Now, she's a step ahead of me, but I'm on my way, and I'm going to come out smelling like a rose and all dressed up one of these days, and you're going to come out with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There is a message in the office for Bo Powell for Bertie Cupstead. There is the tape available of Agnes and Sister Rich last year, and she tells her other, uh, Sister Freeman and Agnes last year, and she tells her experience with the angels if you are interested in having it. There is a message in the office for Bill James. We are going to take, oh, let me, one more announcement. There are records of Mickey Mangan, Lauren Yaden, Terry and Steve Spears, Jeannie Tenney, Sharon Trammell, all back over here. You've been requesting those. And we're going to take a little recess. Now listen to me closely. I don't want you to leave. You're not going home, are you? You know who's fixing to preach? That long, tall, handsome, wonderful man of God that preached to us last night. Brother Lee Stone King will be preaching just shortly. And the Lord is not finished yet. He's going to be teaching, preaching to us on women and revival, and that's what the whole business is about. And then the grand finale. We are going, wait, wait just a minute, because my husband.